Today's episode of Shootcast is brought to you by Modus Operandi Brewing. Based in Motorville on Sydney's northern beaches, they're one of Australia's best craft brewers. Been loving my Modus and my shoot short action. Be sure to check the guys out in line or why not visit the brewery. Thank you to Modus for your support of the show. It's our weekly wrap. Round nine has just finished. We've had some amazing results. Uh, here to talk through all the action will be Andrew Swain, uh, our resident co-host. Also joining me for a chat will be Angus Sinclair, the Norse fly half. The Shawmen are flying, and I'm looking forward to talking about Angus about uh, some of the secrets behind their success so far, and also previewing the massive bumper top of the table clash with Gordon on Saturday. How good is that going to be? Let's get into this one. Welcome to Shootcast. <laughs> Welcome to Shootcast, our round nine wrap. Andrew Swain is in the house. Swainy, how are you, mate? Tremendous, Burjo. Always very good. Um, and, you know, the rugby gods are, are smiling on everyone at the moment. It's been a good weekend of footy and ready to rip in. Mate, it was a good weekend of footy. I was, I was out and about. Um, before we do that, I want to talk about something special Last couple of days, mate, is the 20th anniversary of the Sydney Olympics. How fondly do you remember that time as a sports fan in Australia? I love that you've sprung this on me because I haven't actually had a real chance to talk about it with anyone. It's been... This, mate, this just made an Olympics episode. Let's just call it now. We'll do the whole thing. <laughs> sure. shoot, shoot. Let's talk about it. <laughs> shoot, Olympic class. Um, yeah, sounds good. Mate, I remember it so fondly and I've, I've got vivid memories. I, so I'm a Brizzy boy. And I was living in Brizzy at the time and um, I would have been, what, 16, I reckon, 2000, 16. And, um, mate, just tremendous. I remember going to a friend's place and staying up late watching all four hours of the opening ceremony, you know, and just being blown away by it. Like so much so that I went out and bought the CD, right, and I've probably still got it somewhere. Mate, I've still got the VCR, that, that uh, three weeks in September, uh, the VVCR, the VHS cassette somewhere. Um, I was absolutely mesmerised by it. 15-year-old Sydney boy, I it it really had a profound impact on me as an Australian and as a sports fan. It was so – you can't explain it because we were right in that sweet spot, right? Um, we were pre-bar age uh, – you know, you're looking for uh, role models and these guys were just absolute megastars. You know, Australia's first big glow. I mean, we had Melbourne 56, but let's be honest, in the modern day, the world's eyes were on Sydney and it was just incredible, wasn't it? Oh, mate, incredible. You know, I remember, um, you know, in grade – I was in grade 11 at the time, I think, so grade 12 I had, you know, a folder that I put all my heroes on the front and I had – Front and centre was a that four by one hundred um, freestyle relay with the boys playing, smashing them like guitars. Um, you know that was that was a moment that stuck out to me. I managed to actually get down to Sydney, so I, I got the train down from Brisbane and stayed with um, some family friends of ours who'd bought a bunch of tickets. And I went and saw one session of athletics where there was some relay heats and like the end of the 50-kilometre men's walk, um, I went and saw a hockey session and I went to the night of Cathy Freeman's 400-metre race, which was probably the most famous night of, you know, 
arguably one of the most famous nights in Australian sporting history, I was at Wright Aquatic Centre watching a session of water polo. <laughs> so oh, it was, you know, like we, everyone stopped for that moment, by the way, and listened to it on the radio because there wasn't any such thing. I think there were some TVs out the back, but it wasn't like you could just chuck it on your phone and watch it. Um, but, mate, just such great memories. And, and, you know, I bought up as much merch as I could, brought it back to Brisbane with me, wore it everywhere, Um I've still got a photograph that my friend took of me. I said, take a photo of me holding the Olympic torch. So I held my hand up in the air. We were somewhere out in the precinct. And she's like, yep, on my disposable camera. Yep, got it. I got the photograph. The photos developed three weeks later and my hand was absolutely nowhere near the torch and I looked like an idiot. Um, <laughs> but it's still, I just loved it. It was just the, it was the time of my life. Um, fell in love with sport all over again. I was already a sports-loving kid but fell in love with it all over again and uh, became an expert in every discipline over that couple of weeks. Oh, we all were, mate. Uh, it was, um, yeah, it had a profound effect and I, I highly recommend anyone um, listening to check out uh, the Freeman uh, race story on ABC iView. It's an absolutely top watch. Uh, it's there right now, uh, premiered on Sunday night. Yeah, but I'm so happy. I'm so happy you have raised uh, my favourite moment of the games, which was the 4 by 100 metre men's freestyle relay. Mate, that was so special. Before this show, I've actually downloaded the commentary and I'm going to play it right now. In they go, Ian Thorpe. Listen to that roar. This should be something. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Narrow margin for the Australians, but look at Hall start the motor. Well, we know that Ian Thorpe is not going to go out as fast as Gary Hall, but he's got to come over the top of him if he's going to win this race. Around they go for the final 50. Hall is in front. What can the champ muster? A gold medalist earlier tonight. Now he's digging deep. The crowd is roaring. Their hero is coming on. Will it be a fairy tale? Thorpe is coming out off the hall. They're matching strikes now. Thorpe on terms with Hall. They've got about 15 metres to swim. Thorpe is overhauling him. Hall and Thorpe. Thorpe's in front. Thorpe and Hall. Thorpe goes in. Australia win. New world record. We have just, the Australians have just broken the American stranglehold on this race. The roof is lifting off this stadium. How special is that, Swaney? So good. You can actually, was, was that committee commentating? I believe so. It is one of the great calls. I just love how the whole race had everything, right? Like it was first night of the games, um, it was our time to shine. We'd had the big opening ceremony. Kathy lit the flame. America had never, ever lost that race, ever, in 100 years of Olympic competition. Clem comes out, bullet the gates, breaks the 100-metre world record. Feidler and Kalis, amazing swims. Then Gary Hall, who's the US sprint champion, goes into the first 50, dominating Thorpey. Um, you know, Thorpe goes in first, but Hawk overhauls him because he's just a, a rapid over the 50, and they always knew Thorpe he'd come home. And I just love that committee at, at, the, at the corner. What can the champ muster? And it's just electric. It yeah. still gives me goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, I've got goosebumps actually thinking about it now and having listened to it just then. Uh, you, can, you can hear the quiver in his voice. Like he was, oh. such, he was such a measured, um, brilliant 
commentator, but his his yeah. his pitch and tone, the way he delivered things, was always so self assured. And just for a moment, you, oh, can, yeah. you can hear you can hear the quiver in his voice where he doesn't really know what's about to happen. He knows though that it's going to be yeah. a, a, a lasting legacy in in Australian sporting history, and. He, he delivers it perfectly, and oh, what what a moment! Like, what a moment! Like, and then they, and then you know, all the trash talk. Played the guitar, was doing. trash talk. Yeah, yeah, it was. It had everything. I mean, Kathy's moment was Kathy's moment. Nothing will come, you know. That will be the moment, right? But for me, that was my moment. That that's what rocked me. It was that good. Yeah, yeah, mate. I I, I couldn't agree more. I, like I said, I had a cutout of those guys playing the guitars. On so good. my folder at school in grade 12. Yep. All right, mate. We could talk about that for hours. We could go in deep dive Olympics. Maybe that's another podcast series we could yeah. do. But we're not going to do that because we'll talk about the Super Rugby in the weekend. How good was the footy? Mate, again, just brutal, wasn't it? What a what a game of Super yeah. Rugby. That Both sides bashed the absolute crap out of each other. And I bet the Brumbies were sitting at home just rubbing their hands together thinking – you beauty, um, these two sides, whoever wins is going to come in battered and bruised. And I think that's what's probably going to happen this week. The, the, the Reds are going to have to really lift to go down to Canberra and beat the Brumbies because it was such a, uh, you know, it was a war of attrition. There was mm. still there was still the brilliant moments that the Reds can muster, but, gee, the physicality, I haven't seen a, a match that physical at provincial level this year. Geez, the Rebels fired some shots. I mean, I, I knew, I, I think they knew that you know the Reds were, were favourites, but bloody the way that Nicerani was running the ball and you know Corabetti and they just gave it everything. It was bloody good to watch, and you know the Reds were good enough to get it home, but um, it was a pretty close thing, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, it was probably it probably came down to one or two moments, really, didn't it? And I mean, the the one that sticks out for me is when. Bill Meeks had a you know, five on two outside, yeah. and he threw a big cutout pass, which ended up floating forward. And, and you just thought, if the Rebels had scored there, they were coming like a freight train, and it, they would have been hard to stop. But that just absolutely stopped all their momentum. And and then I, I think the Reds, after that had happened, they kind of knew that they. I think they might have got a scrum penalty from the um, resulting scrum, and and piggyback their way up the field, and then that was kind of the game. There was a couple of great moments, you know, Hunter Paisami slicing through and getting the ball yeah, out. Good yeah, he's playing brilliant footy at the moment. It's great to see him mm. get rewarded with uh, a call-up to that Wallaby squad because uh, he, he's a guy who has got genuine upside to picking him, doesn't he? You know, Kurandrani's missed out on the Wallaby squad probably as a result of the form that Hunter Paisami is showing. Yeah, no, he, he probably has. I wonder if Nicerani was injured after the weekend because I was surprised he wasn't picked because he was just awesome um, on the weekend. And Looking at Rennie's squad, um, obviously he's certainly got an eye on the future and building, which is what we all want. Uh, Paul Cully made the remark on Twitter, it looked a little bit light on ball carriers, but it'd be interesting to see what they draft in from potentially the UK. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's, there's a couple of glaring... Um, holes in that squad which look about six foot eight tall um, <laughs> and I reckon you might need a couple of line-out merchants, a couple of big locks. Um, you know, having said that, there's so many to pick from overseas, isn't there? you got guys like 
you know, Sean McMahon, uh, Samu Karevi, um, you know, the, the, I mean, the you know, the Arnold brothers are overseas, Rory Arnold's overseas, Will Skelton's overseas. Skelton's got a Cassiomen in it, know what his fitness is like at the moment, but certainly um, Sarri's had him in really good nick there and he was one of the dominant forwards in Europe. I, I just don't know. You never know. A player like... Um, a player like Skelton, uh, you know, their weight can move pretty quickly. Yeah, that's right. And you know, he he can um, he can really uh, you know fluctuate in his form, can't he, Skelton? So yeah. you don't really know what you're going to get with him if he comes back, and and then being mm-hmm. able to gel with the squad. I mean, you, you know, you've spoken, we've spoken about Ben Darwin's theory before of cohesion. When you bring guys in from overseas, it's really hard to. To get yeah. that, and particularly with such a, it's going to be such a, a a short sort of back end of the year. The test match is going to fly by. I think they're trying to squeeze about six double headers for the rugby championship into about four weeks, uh, plus those two blooders lights. It's really going to go quickly. So, yeah, look, I, I I don't know that. I mean, we definitely need a lock from overseas. Do we need two? Who knows? Would you would you try and develop one or two of? The guys that you've got, it's, it's these are all questions that Dave Rennie is going to have to have pretty good answers to because those two Bledisloe's are creeping up. You know, they're probably a month away now, and um, we don't want to be getting smashed by the Kiwis over there first up because it's not a good, not a good way to start the, the year. Well, I did put it out there on Twitter the other day, and I was smacked down by all you uh, much more <laughs> intelligent Fox Sports and uh, rugby scribes out there about potentially. Should we have just done a first pass the post of Super Rugby AU or run the final series? Because we've now had an injury to, to Tamua. We've um, got a really physical game behind us and a really physical game ahead. Uh, and we're going into a Bledisloe against the All Blacks over there. Although I I can't recall uh, Australia ever winning a nighttime Bledisloe in New Zealand. And the only time I can remember us winning a Bledisloe in New Zealand, it was in the afternoon. And thankfully, the Kiwis have put it on the afternoon, which is, I think, maybe an omen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very, very kind of them, isn't it? Gee, uh, the, 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 1.30 Sunday, back-to-back, how good's that? I tell you what, the love is just coming across the ditch at the moment, isn't it, from from the Kiwis. They really love to to bow to our demands and all that sort of stuff. So thank you so thank much to those Kiwis, those Kiwis out there and the, the New Zealand Rugby Union. and the. I, I just thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> Can you hear Mate, the sarcasm in my voice? I do hear the sarcasm, but, mate, Jacinta's been, you know, one of the great strong leaders on this COVID and locking down the nation. But when it comes to rugby and arts here, Rome, <laughs> you better step aside, let the Wallabies in so we can play some footy. 17th of October, mate, there's a, an election in New Zealand and they uh-huh. could be lifting the Blooders like Cup on the 18th of October, Get, don't forget. So um, this year... <laughs> that will be a nice celebration for Jacinta if she wins that election. Oh, well, plenty of um, plenty of Bledisloe chat to come, I'm sure. Have you got a tip for me on the weekend? Can your Reds do it against the Brums in front of a, well, you call it a COVID sold-out crowd of 6,000? Yeah, look I, look, I think it's going to be really tough for the Reds. They went close uh, when they were down there last time, Mac Hansen kicking the goal to win yep. it at the death. And then I think the Reds really gave the Brumbies a big wake-up call a fortnight ago when they smashed them up at Suncorp. I think that yeah. that they definitely – the Reds definitely wanted to give the Brumbies something to think about. I don't know whether it's kind of awoken the beast a little bit, though. 
Um, yeah. It'll be a tough game. I, I really, I think it's going to be too close to call, to be honest. We could be going into super time for a final. That'd be pretty handy. Super time. Well, we were there for the first ever super time and it was a pretty ordinary one. So we're hoping it'll be a better one. That game ended in a draw. But yeah, it did, didn't it? Yuck. What a what a shit of a night that was. But it was... It was 80 torturous minutes followed by... Oh, it really torturous. was. Yeah. Anyway, we were well deep at the Brookie pub by then. So uh, that was okay. Good times, mate. Yeah, I reckon it's going to be a close game. Um, I'm going to be down there. I'll be looking forward to... Um, watching both sides go around. It's going to be cold, so I'll be taking the warm gear. Yeah, beautiful. You enjoy that, uh, Swaney, mate. Let's jump into uh, round nine results. We're really uh, heading into the pointy end already uh, in this abbreviated 2020. Mate, we might start out at Milner because I was at this game. Woody's far too good for the Marlins, 45 to 27. Um, Eastwood uh, purring a little bit at the moment. They... uh, one thing when they ran on the field, they are a big side. I think that's been the Eastwood model for quite a while now. They've got a big pack, a really big back line, and they've got lively hards. Uh, really impressed with Gonzalez. It's the first time I got to see him this year. We've obviously been talking about him a little bit on the podcast. Um, he's looking fit, and certainly um, he has bulked up, and he's very strong. He scored a try off the back of the scrum and just was absolutely rapid. Um, caught out Lucy's off, off guard and... He was very good. I'm really impressed with um, Edmed, the 5'8". Um, he looks like a very polished young player. Um, seems to have it all, all the skill set, passing, kicking, and he's got a good head on his shoulders. So, um, yeah, look, Eastwood, um, Manly would be disappointed every time they entered their A-zone. They made an error, and uh, Eastwood capitalised. Um, they went out to a big lead early. Uh, Manly got a little bit back in the game there for, for a while, Um sort of clawed, clawed back the deficit to about 14 points and then the scrum started to dominate. I have to say that Woody's got lucky for an off-the-ball card. They got a yellow. Uh, World Rugby laws, it should have been a red, but that could have made things interesting. But, look, uh, Manly definitely second best on the day. Um, Woody's just strong and they're starting to rumble and um, I think they'll like where they're placed at the moment. Yeah, that, that yellow card, I had a look at that on, on the social medias and – it looked a bit like a tombstone, didn't it? It was like it was like the Undertaker was out there in the. It was, it was, on, it was on Harry, my brother. So uh, you know, I had a go at him after the game. Mate, it's, if you're a bit more, you know, a bit more, a bit more uh, sportingly, you could have milked the crap out of that one. Hundred percent. Uh, anyway, uh, look, I don't think he was hurt in uh, hurt at all, and I think it was just one of those incidents that was. A bit misfortunate, all the Woody's players uh, came came up to check on him and no harm intended. So I think it was just one of those things gone wrong. So, look, while while it potentially could have gone the other way, man, they won't feel too aggrieved because they were just second best in, in most departments. And, mate, they, they, they've got threats everywhere and, and they looked really strong through the grades on the weekend, gave Manly a bit of a touch-up in the lowers and they had players like Tim Simona and Pakalani in second grade. So I have to say Woody's, a, Woody's as a club are looking very strong again. Yeah, mate. I just I love I love the the makeup of their pack as well. It's yeah. once you say it's really big. Um, they're, they're mobile guys as well. I mean, we look at a couple of the the teams across the shoot shield. The ones yeah. that are starting to, to to do well are those big mobile packs. And and um, you know, Woody's have got one. I think Eastern Suburbs have got one. Um, you know, Anstey in the second row. Like we sort of we've said it before. He can play anywhere from four through to. 15 probably is that kind of that kind of a player um 
And yeah, I like, I like the big the big centres as well. You know, Muliufi and, and Stoltz. Um, I thought of you know been impressive from what I've seen them uh, through the year. So you know, just they've just got a couple of strike weapons that they can go to and really make you pay. And you'd love a player like Pat Seho at the back of your pack. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, just Woodies have still playing that footy like, you know, 10 metres out. They've got the pick and drive. Ugh, eight to nine times out of 10, they're going to score. That's that's just the way they play footy. I, I do love going to Milner. Like it's, um, I know that, you know, the, the RSL club's in the middle of it. But when you, when you go, there's just a sense of it's all about footy, you know? Yeah. There's not much frills. Like it's, it's, I, the grandstand's fantastic. They got rusted on fans. Mm. Um, they know the footy they're going to play. You know, Johnny Menetti's still involved. It's just a great institution of rugby, and it is going to be really sad when they leave Milner and um, you know set up New Camp. I'm sure they'll still have the same same philosophy, but um, it's just one of the great experiences as a club footy fan. I, I thoroughly enjoyed going to Milner, and I'm going to miss it when it eventually goes, whenever that'll be. Absolutely, mate. Many a many a person has won a, a, a subbies grand final there, or including myself. I, I, I have fond memories of that place, having some Chinese there at like midday. Still, mate, the Chinese are still going. Leif Olsen was, uh, was was third grade manager of the Extraordinaire of the Marlins. Uh, they had they got a bit of a touch up, but he reckons the Chinese was ten out of ten, so it was a good day. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, mate, memories of my memories of TG, you know, playing a Judd Cup Grand Final back there, you know, nearly a decade ago now, and and. Having some Chinese after you know it was we'd won a grand final, had five beers, and won the first race at Randwick all before midday, and um, and then just ducked across for a few spring rolls as well. It's you know it's it is an institution. I hope that the Woodies fans, the Woods Woods Woods, Woodies fans can um, can um, move across with them to wherever they go, but. Um, yeah, we're going to miss miss old TG, and and they do in that little canteen in the corner as well. Do a good little um, pie, and you know, get a coke and a pie or whatever as well. So, oh, and their ground announcer is one of the great needlers of all time. If you're <laughs> if you're a visiting team, you literally don't exist. It is just woods, 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 and it's just it's fantastic. He just doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> It's one of the it's, it is it's one of the great things about the shoot shield, isn't it? You know yeah. that that yeah. that that tribe aggravates the hell out of you, but it's just awesome. It's, and as you say, it's that tribal thing, isn't it? Yeah, the tribal element of it it, it exists in absolute spades in, at at TG Milner and the woods are, you know, they they're definitely hanging on onto that at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They're uh, sitting third, mate. So they're not. Too much under the radar. So, yeah, good things for the Woodies. Mate, um, we'll jump into the next game up at uh, Norse new adopted home. that They're turning into a bit of a cauldron up there, Rat Park. Norse, uh, 46, Wicks, 17. Well, I was able to have a quick chat with uh, Northern Suburbs fly half Angus Sinclair, uh, who joined the podcast earlier. This is what he had to say about the weekend. Angus, great win of the weekend. Uh, the new adopted home up there at Rat Park, mate. Uh, it's turning into a bit of a cauldron for you guys. North 46, Ramwick 7, and you must have been happy with the result. Yeah, yeah, definitely happy with the result. Um, first and foremost, very grateful to the Rats for allowing us to use their home ground. Um, but, yeah, we're loving it up there. We're uh, we're using the away change rooms and and really making it a home away from home. And, and yeah, two good results in a row over uh, strong opposition. Um, 
yeah, it's been nice. Yeah, you've been bubbling away nicely. You've only dropped the one game if you look at the season its totality. You've coming up against uh, Gordon this weekend and a top-of-the-table clash. You've probably been sick of the uh, Man the Ringer derbies hogging the line. Now it's time for the North Shore derbies, eh? Yeah, well, I, I think it's a real shame that, you know, COVID is doing what it's doing because I think it would have been a bumper crowd there at Chatswood if we, you know, yeah. if we could have had one and maybe one to rival the the Rats uh, Manly derby that, that gets the massive crowds every year. But having said that, yeah, huge game. Uh, for both teams, and both teams going really well, so should be some high-quality rugby. You've been a centrepiece of this Norse team for many years now. How are you finding the uh, 2020 iteration? Obviously, it's been a funny year in many respects. You've had a an interesting year, obviously, having, having a stint overseas, but now being thrust into it and certainly uh, the fulcrum of the side. How are you seeing the side shaping up? Yeah, it's a, it's a fresh side last, uh, this year compared to last year. You know, we had a a number of guys move on uh, either in retirement or, or to different clubs. And I guess there's still a core group of players there, but the, the guys that have come either through Colts or, um, you know, from other clubs or overseas have really added some new energy and and obviously some new coaching staff as well. So Earl and, and, and Zach um, have, yeah, have provided a, a great new vibe at the club. And I think, you know, we already had a strong culture there, but they've, They've um, taken what was good and, you know, added their own piece to that. And, yeah, the boys are getting on really well off the field as well, which obviously helps um, on the field. From looking from the outside in, and obviously nobody knows Norse as well as you do, obviously being being there and done that, um, obviously post-Simon Cron's era, there's obviously a strong uh, – the way he wanted to play the game, which seemed to have fostered down to you guys in terms of your leadership and, and a level of empowerment. Um, has that still maintained through? And obviously I'd, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on the new coach, Earl Var, and obviously um, Zach's done a great job in the interim. But is, is there a similar philosophy now back at Norse with, with the way you guys want to play the game? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely still things in place that um, Crony sort of set the foundations for in, in his three years there. Um, you know, he built a – Rebuilt the culture there, and I think that's still lasting, as I said. Um, and and certainly the high standards and of training that we expect of each other are still around. But at the same time, the coaches this year have have added their own um, aspect. And in in terms of Earl, I think yeah, he's been awesome this year. Uh, he he obviously has very experienced coach coaching overseas and and in New Zealand and. I guess the key message this year compared to last year is that we we have clarity in our systems and we know what we're doing. And yep. without giving too much away, any team that has that clarity is um, obviously more likely to succeed on the field. Yeah, I mean, I've obviously caught a few of the, the Norse games. I have to say the players inside and outside of you having really strong years again, um, Nick Duffy and uh, uh, Harry Bury outside you. And I also think um, Harry's younger brother's catching the eye a bit at fullback, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, both Duff and, and Harry Bury have been outstanding players uh, the last, you know, four or five years that we've been playing together. But I think Duff's taken his game to a new level this year. He's um, yeah. fit and healthy and I, I don't think anyone can rival his ruck speed in the competition. He, I don't think the kid gets lactic acid. He just keeps going. So yeah, um, that's really good for me. And obviously we have a great combination having played together for – yeah, four or so years now. And and Harry Bury, I, I honestly think, is the most underrated player in the comp. I think he's been the, the 
most consistent performer in the shoot shield for the last four years personally. And obviously mm-hmm. I get to see that firsthand playing um, next to him week in, week out. But, yeah, the, he just plays at a high level every week. And and I think him linking up and having that conversa- conver- uh, combination with Max at fullback sort of started to show last week and to play with your brother is a pretty special thing. And they've got a great combination and, and Max is just growing each week into his into his role. Obviously, he's come over from rugby league last year. So there's obviously nuances in the game that you've got to learn and he's only going to get better and better. Yeah, it does seem to be a bit of a telepathy between the brothers. And um, you're right, I think Harry's got one of the better football brains going around the competition. He's been fantastic. But talking of siblings, it's nice to uh, call on some um, some high-level recruits. Well, not recruits, uh, returning players, you'd say, from from super level. Obviously, um, your brother Hughes back in the pack and, and Cameron Clark. So those guys uh, really assist with things for, for where you're at right now. Definitely. Um, those guys, both high-quality football players and both would say that they haven't had the game time they would have liked at that next level this year. So, you know, they're hungry, fit and healthy and, and just raring to play some good footy. So, yeah, they've really added added to the group last week and, uh, yeah, it's just good to have them back. What was your stint like in Japan, mate? Obviously, uh, it's been a, a strange year, but you've, you've been able to probably reap the most rewards out of it, having a, a really good time in a professional environment uh, with your former coach, Simon Cron at Toyota Verblitz. Uh, do you think that's uh, it's been a great experience for you for your personal development as a player? Yeah, 100%. I um, jumped at the chance to go over there last November and, and loved every minute of it. Unfortunately, uh, the season got cut short six rounds in um, due to COVID. So, um, you know, that was pretty frustrating. We still had another nine or so games to go and then hopefully finals. But, yeah, it's what it is. Um, I certainly had the time to work on little areas of my game that you just don't really get working full-time and, and playing club rugby. Not because, you know, the effort or, or any of that's all the dedication is not there. It's just, you know, you just don't simply have the hours and you don't have the access to the recovery as well, um, which I think is really huge at that next level. It just allows you to train more often and, and harder. Um but yeah, I, I I came back in March and and had a couple of um, couple of months working down for Dad at at Cowra and and staying fit and healthy down there and it's kind of worked out well that we started. Oh, I mean the shoot shield kicked off later because um, yeah. yeah, it's given us a nice little preseason to keep that fitness levels up and and get new combinations with the guys coming into the side and yeah, I think it's been um, paying dividends lately. Yeah, it certainly has. Um, you're coming up against the ladder leaders, Gordon. Uh, they've been very impressive thus far. Haven't uh, haven't had a blemish really. They've uh, won every game with a bonus point. They're faultless in that regard. Undefeated. Uh, got uh, superior for and against with the rest of the competition. Um, obviously expecting a, a real good hit out. But if if you guys have a good day, do you think you can uh, you think you can keep them interested? Yeah, definitely. Um, we're obviously turning up to win the game. Not thinking about you know anything else. But yeah. They're certainly the form team of the competition. Um, they've got some great players, classy players across the park. Uh, I think they're nine and ten. Uh, got I don't know, and I really control the game well, and and obviously very strong at set piece. So um, yeah, we're going to have to be at our best. But we um, yeah, we have like I said, we've got a good group. We back what we're doing, and um, yeah, we'll give it a red hot crack this weekend. 
Well, we'll look forward to it, mate. All the best of luck on Saturday. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Swayne Shawman, mate, they're looking pretty good. Uh, second on the ladder, but it's going to be a bumper weekend out at uh, Chatswood Oval on Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, the Battle of the North, big, big game for them. Um, I, I really like the way that the Norths are going about their season at the moment, and they're just starting mm. to get some guys back as well with, you know, Hugh Sinclair coming back in. thought he made a, a huge difference on the weekend. Um, and, and I thought Cam Clark had his best game uh, I've seen for a very long time this year as well out on the wing. He just he just combined well, added uh, you know added his um, bit of pace to the line. Um, you know combined really well with the Bury boys and uh, and mate Duffy and Sinclair in the halves are just um, they're just so solid, aren't they? That you probably can't say anything more than they're just so consistent. Yeah, they're super consistent. I totally agree with um, Cam Clark. Clark is a player like you know if he get if he got thrust into Norse before a game if you're an opposing team you weren't super worried but when he starts getting momentum and starts working out systems he shows how much quality he's got and he's only going to get better and better for that Norse side. Yeah, absolutely. I think the try that he scored on the weekend where he comes back across the grain um, ran a really hard line. And just a nice little uh, short ball. I think it was off Harry Bury. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought that was uh, that was an indication of when he's playing with confidence at the moment. For a guy yeah. who hasn't had much success um, getting into the Tars squad this year, to come back and, and stand out at shoot shield level, that's what you want to see. And I think he did that on the weekend and it was really good to see for Northern Suburbs. Yeah, on the flip side, uh, Ramwick, obviously, after their very fast start, uh, you know, hot in the heels are gored and have had three on the bounce now. They'll uh, be starting to work out what's happening because they've got uni on the weekends. So they probably want to get their uh, get their game into gear, hey? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, Benny McCormack, I, I heard him talking at half time of that game and he said they were getting dished up through that 9, 10, 12 channel. And yeah. You could just look at the consistency that they've had in that area over the last couple of weeks. There's been a bit of chopping and changing. Um, you know, you've got you, you've got Horwitz having to move out to fit Donaldson in and then Mitch Short coming in, um, you know, for, for Tyzak Jordan and, and then uh, Longbottom having to sort of move from 9 to 15 and back to 9 and then back to 15. I, I feel like they're, they're probably a little bit, um, too versatile for their own good, Berger. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, look, I'm sure they'll be aiming up this weekend, and uh, you know they're still right in the mix. But um, oh, absolutely, I, I, absolutely. And I think, I think you know we, we've spoken about how good uh, uh, you know coaches of Benny McCormack and Morgan Turanui are. I think that they'll be able to to get out of this little rut, but they're going to have to start doing it pretty quickly because things are things are starting to get to the business end, mate. Yeah, finals places are starting to, to sort themselves out. Uh, mate, we'll jump into another game of the weekend. I am very proud to report, or sorry, delighted to report rather, that uh, Hunter have had their first win of the Shoot Shield season, beating uh, the Western Sydney Subarus 28-15. to Great result um, for the Wildfires. Yeah, mate. It's been coming, hasn't it? They've they yeah. sort of been knocking on the door. They had that draw against Manly a few weeks ago. Uh, they've had a couple of close losses. They've had some touch-ups as well, but that is a great result for them. Uh, Lidcombe Oval, tough place to go. Um, you know, it's it's very open. It's quite quite breezy at times. 
down yeah. there and uh, to to get the result over the two blues, they'd be they'd be thrilled. I think the two blues would probably be pretty disappointed in that one. They I thought they they were sort of probably eyeing that that back to back victory and yeah. uh, wasn't able to pull it off. So. Yeah, it's uh, but it is a great result for Hunter. They they've deserved it. They've been knocking on the door for so long. It's it's great to see them get that monkey off their back, mate. I reckon you could make a Netflix series on the Hunter wildfires bus trips this season. <laughs> oh, wouldn't you want to be a fly on the wall? I, I tell you what, I, I don't think they've had a bad one. But let's be honest, they've had some better ones. <laughs> I just think you know it's a bit Lord of the Flies style. Same people, uh, same environments. Uh, you know, uh, conditions change, <laughs> but it'd be quite the watch. Oh, wouldn't it? I, I saw them at, I went and did the North Hunter game a few weeks back and I parked my, my scooter that I ride just across the road from Percy's. Hang on. Well, hey, well, well, back up. You ride a scooter. Yeah, mate. I, I look like, that, I look, do me today. That I look like do. Donkey Kong out of Mario Kart. I want, my <laughs> legs are hanging out everywhere. And um, Oh, my God. Anyway, so I parked my scooter. And uh-huh. in the side street across the road from Percy's there, and um, I, I, I was feeling a, like a bit of a caffeine hit, so I just ducked into the drive-through bottle over there to um, get my, myself a Red Bull, and I had to line up behind no less than seven Hunter lower graders, who each of them bought a carton to take on the bus back with them. So outstanding, um, yeah. It was uh, it was just a nice little insight into what that might be like um that 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 the 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 week to week uh situation that they find themselves in at the moment having to travel quite a lot uh, i'm sure that their bus drivers are the most patient people in australia <laughs> oh mate i think we have a netflix series right here i think we we could do this uh, yeah mate it's a good shout let's get on let's get bubba on the phone let's let's, let's sign him up Bubba and the bus driver, mate. That, that's awesome. There you go. That's the name of it, Bubba and the bus driver. <laughs> All right, mate. Um, uh, the Emus, mate, went down to the Pirates, 38-29. Um, hard for ticking over, but again, um, Muggleton, John Muggleton would be happy with the way that uh, the boys hung in there against uh, another Western Sydney opponent. Yeah, many, many tries scored for them. Um, you know, I think – Discipline again just feels like it's kind of letting them down. A couple of yellow cards on the weekend, um, but mate, to hang in there and and um, you know West's only you know scoring pretty close to the end to to get within you know out of reach and, and put the result you know beyond doubt. Um, look, I think I think that Penrith would be very happy uh, with the progress that they've made. Yeah, mate, I, I totally agree. And um, Harbour still be looking for, for more improvement with a few weeks left to go. Um, Gordon, another big win. It just seems like the machine just keeps rolling. Um, far too good for Souths, 56 to 21. That is, that is a uh, an impressive scoreline. One thing I noticed from the Gordon game, which was interesting, was they had to revert to uncontested scrums later in the game. Yeah, this was a this was a, an interesting one actually. It was a, it was a lovely day down there at Chatsford. I, I had the pleasure of being there, and um, you know, Scomo made an appearance, which was very interesting. Uh, in his yeah, talk me through that, mate. Did you get a chat with the the great Scomo? I didn't get a great chat with him given social distancing, but he he always oh. I, Scomo always used to come and um, stand in the box with Shep and I when we were. 
um, calling games together down at Foreshore. This is before he was Prime Minister and then he, he got the big job and um, didn't see him too often. But mate, it was great to see him down at Chatswood Oval, mingling with the locals, had a couple of tinnies at his feet, sitting and watching the game and, um, you know, and was, you know, he gave us a bit of a, a hat tip because we always used to say day to him. But, um, mate, that was, that was a really cool moment. And, and, look, they didn't make a big song and dance about it either. They just... You know, I don't think you would have realised he was there um, if you were just hanging out in the around the ground. Um, the only reason I saw him was because he came up and had a photo with the um, Gordon president uh, just on halfway, and we were we were sitting on the card table sideline. So uh, otherwise, I wouldn't you wouldn't have noticed. Um, I did see his security detail standing there though, and and he was like this really. He looked like Shane Williams actually, a short. Um, smaller sort of bloke, but I reckon he could have he could have killed you with one swift um, flick of the wrists. I reckon he, he looked like that kind of guy. Highly uh, likely, mate. But prime uh, <laughs> yeah. ministers at the shoot shield are not on coming. I mean, TA mate down at Manly Oval loves to sink a few tinnies on the hill, and Bob Hawke down at Coogee. So mate, you know, uh, Tumble down at Eastern Suburbs used to see oh, him down cool. there as well. Yeah. Mate, so I've actually interviewed uh, in my time doing shoot shield three prime ministers. Which I, I ne- you couldn't have you could knock me down with a feather. I never in a million years would I have thought calling club rugby, I'd get to speak to any prime minister, let alone three. So that goes that goes to show as well how many prime ministers we've been churning through. Mate, hundred percent. But talk me through the game on the weekend, mate. Obviously, Gordon far too good. But I'm interested to hear your thoughts on a policy around what you do when you don't have enough props to come on because it's, you know, it's uh, something we don't like to see. I'm sure Gordon don't want that to happen. uh, But uh, obviously there was a bit of a perfect storm with a few injuries they've had. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and look, they they have had some some depth issues in the front row. Uh, they had to, to call on um, a hard Dominic Hardman from the Western Force to come in. They're still waiting for Charlie Abel to come back from the Melbourne Rebels as well. So, I mean, their their depth issues in the front row. It's no secret about that. So when they had a, a yellow card to Sean Dillon, their reserve front row, and um, Brennan Favaelli had already gone off the field injured. So yep. literally you got two props down um, and um, couldn't, yeah, couldn't bring on um, a, f- a fresh one at all. So um, it, it had to go to uncontested scrums. And actually it really, I mean, Souths were knocking on the door at the point. I mean, they were still getting pretty well beaten, but this was yeah. their chance to really play to their strength, which was their scrum, um, grind Gordon into a into a bit of a um, a bit of a pulp in the front row, and then that all unfolded, and suddenly they're going to uncontested scrums. I actually had to take the headset off and, and ask the, the team manager. I was, I was like, "What? Tell, explain to me exactly what's happened here." And it was the it was the injury situation. So, uh, look, I, I I don't know how you fix that because it was. Um, it was such a um, it was such an unfortunate situation and mm. and yeah look I, I think what do, you, what, do you, what do you do in Super Rugby if you have two prop injuries well what happens well you go do you to one less one, or do you play with one less player well it, I mean it happened in the Premiership actually a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. where I think one of the um, one of the loose heads was asked to play hooker and. He turned around and said, and and the the team manager 
was conferring with the ref saying, um, look, can, can, this, can this guy play hooker? And the team manager's gone, yep, yep, he's no worries. He's trained at hooker. He can play. And then the referee went over and asked the player, and the player went, you know what, I'm not feeling comfortable about it. And they went on contested scrums, and that's what happens. So, um, yeah, look, that man, it's just an unfortunate um, quirk of the system where that has to happen, um, you know, because the safety element is also so paramount, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. No, I totally uh, think, you know, the right actions were taken and I'm sure Gordon are sweating on obviously a few of those props coming in because they're such a, a critical position in the team and um, they're going to need them heading into the pointy end. Uh, final round of the weekend, uh, Eastern Suburbs' big win over big rivals, Sydney University, 22-14. to 14. Uh, You caught some bits and pieces of this one. Uh, big win for the Beasties, hey? Yeah, absolutely. Jeez, that was this was a big game, uh, big result for Beasties as well, mm-hmm. given where their precarious sort of position on the ladder is. And they welcomed back a couple of Waratahs, and I certainly think that that helped. Um, you know, their couple of tries that they scored early, they got out to a fourteen nil lead over Sydney Uni, which which is pretty hard to do. And you know, the first try was a, a, a cross kick from Guerra, and it just the bounce wrong footed the Sydney Uni defender, and it landed in the hands of the fastest man in shoot shield, Richard Wolfe. So that was seven points done and dusted. And then the second try, which didn't come too far, um, too much later, Lalakai Fichetti, uh, again, it was just an error and Sydney Uni capitalised on it. Uh, Sorry, Sydney Uni uh, made the error and Easts capitalised on it. And then the the couple of tries for Uni to get back into this game, they had to really work hard for them. Beasties made them work so hard for it, Mm. Um, you know, phase after phase after phase, hammering at the line. A couple of times Beasties managed to turn them over right on the line Um, and, you know, eventually they managed to score. But... Geez, they, they, it was hard grafting for, for Sydney Uni. And then, you know, the back end of the game, it really just came down to try to Alex Newsom. Um, you know, Donato kicked a goal to, to put them out to a uh, 17-14 uh, lead. And then, um, and then yeah, Newsom's try at the end got the job done. So, But, I, again, it was, a, you know, a, a, a performance that where Beasties really – um, they made Sydney Uni work for every contest, and that's a um, that's that's a, I think a real hallmark of this beastie side. Now they're starting to make teams work really hard for every every inch that they want to get. Yeah, they're playing well. The uh, beasties they'll be pretty happy, you know, after the weekend. Interesting, what to make of Sydney Uni because they're looking like they're not going to get the full. Uh, the full whack of super super uh, players, uh, which is going to make uh, life a little bit more difficult for them. Yeah, absolutely. And look, they're you know they're there or thereabouts. Sydney Uni still they're always going to be um, you know a hard a hard team to to stop. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, I like I like you know they're sitting fourth, so they're, they're not they're not like it's not like they're out of it or whatever. No, but... no they're not gone. I just think you know they may not. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing talk of uh, potentially Australia A, how the bubble is going to play out. I mean, people in higher places probably know more than what I do, but, you know, they've got now uh, Tommy Robertson. I'm not sure if he's going to play for you. He may finish the season. I know he's heading off to WA. Um, you know, Johnson Holmes, Angus Bell, Horton, all in the Wallabies squad at the moment. Um, Swinton, um, 
Jake Gordon, you know, these are key nucleus players of the last two premierships that they're going to lose if they if they're not available. Absolutely. And I guess it just it it it's credit you got to credit Sydney Uni for being where, where they are at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they, I mean, they've developed all those those fantastic players, and and yeah. you know they can't you take your hats off to them in that regard, mate. They they are seriously developing some great players for for you know Waratahs, professional rugby, and the Wallabies. So, uh, you know, that's the beast they are, and um, they'll just be looking to to the to to the, to the next cattle up, won't they? Yeah, exactly right. I think you know guys like um, you know Banjo Travers. Uh, mate, I thought Will McDonald was really good in a in a in a beaten team. Um, you know, in the centres, he's he's such a uh, such a handy player. Um, Clooney's Ross, the experience there. Um, you know, Jack McCalman, those those guys. You know, they all work extremely hard. Um, the scrum was sort of, I think it was pretty well beaten in the end. Um, yeah. But they 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 sort of held their own for a good period of the game. Um, yeah, so. Mate, I, I think um, you know it's going to be a tough back end of the season for Sydney Uni. I, I haven't, I, so. I haven't quite got a um, a handle on their draw. I'm just having a quick look at it now. They got Randwick, um, Gordon, uh, North. Yeah, so like that's tough. and then two Blues. That's a really tough, um, a really tough next few rounds. So um, mm. yeah, I, mate, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll just we'll just see over the next couple of weeks. That this will really test them the next couple of weeks and, and see whether they're contenders or pretenders, I reckon. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. Looking at the table, uh, and now we've discussed all the rounds, with Gordon North Eastwood, uh, one, two, three, University Ramick East and South, you'd say, is still in the mix. I don't give anyone south of that a chance, unfortunately. Um, Manly's still a uh, game ahead of the two guys above them. Um, yeah, so it's looking like, Top six, top seven. Um, some teams could upset East or South, but um, I'm thinking my early prediction right now is probably the top six you see there: Gordon, North Eastwood, Uni, Ramick, East. In no particular order, I think will be the top six. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you there. Um, Gordon flying high at the top. Um, you know they're they're really getting around their team there at Chatswood Oval as well. I was chatting to a couple of the guys from the lower grades. Yeah, a bit of a crowd. Um, you know, it's they're all socially distancing, and the ground announcer was very uh, diligent on making sure that the social distancing message got out there. Given the prime minister was there on the weekend, yeah. I, I mean, I shout out to the to the boys um, from Gordon, Nick Brown, and the and the guys that they they were listening. They listened to the shoot cast, so um, they they made mention of that to me and made sure I um, uh, gave them a shout out. So. Um, shout out to you boys. They thought I was Sean Maloney at, at first, so thanks, fellas. Uh, <laughs> could be good, could be bad, depending on who you talk to. Nah, sure, I, I love Sean. He's the, he's the best. But um, Sean drive a scooter also. I've been um, I've been mistaken for Shawnee probably the last thirteen years, I reckon. Um, sure. So it's not it's not new territory. <laughs> shout out to you, fellas. I can see why. I can see why, mate. Well, Carson and I quickly to round ten. Um, I'll be at the Manly East game at Manly Oval. That'll be interesting. East obviously looking very strong. Manly will just be looking out to get as many uh, scalps as they can before the season finishes up. Um, South uh, taking on Hunter down at Foreshore. University in Ramwick. That's our TV game. That will be very interesting, as we just said. Yeah, uh, Woods, 
Woods, Penrith, and God, you can't take your eyes off Gordon Norse, can you? Mate, Gordon North's quite an incredible. I reckon that's going to be a ripping game, actually. Um, and be. you know, the the underdog in this game always seems to um, lift in this fixture, uh, depending on what year it's a you're looking at. Derby, mate. Not not quite the beaches derby, but hang on. I mean, they're top of the table. You know, they could just be saying, "Well, screw you, Manly Ringer. This is the new derby, and uh, you know, it's going to be." Um, it's, it should be a really hotly contested game. Well, I'm sort of hoping Norse can make it really interesting because obviously Gordon haven't had a slip up this year, and I think we we could do with the narrative at the moment because Gordon are flying too high for me. Yeah, mate, I, I couldn't agree more. And as I was like, as I said, the, the the underdog in this game, depending on what year you're looking at, um, you know, I've seen Gordon get home over the Norths in those in those years where they were having pretty lean years only a couple of years ago, and Norths were flying high. Um, so, yeah, look, expect the unexpected there. I reckon that'll be a closer game than most people think. I think so. Final game of the round is Ringer against uh, Western Sydney Two Blues. That's the Noddy Sawtell Cup. Uh, really great story about Noddy Sawtell and um, uh, a great history between the two clubs. I know he's, um, Noddy's family's always there to present the trophy and um, has a history at both Ringer and Parramatta and now, now Western Sydney. Uh, but it's also Josh Holmes' 200th grade game. What an amazing, um, you know, uh, legacy and contribution he's made to the Shoot Shield and what a great competitor he's been, hey? Yeah, mate, he's made the quick tap and try uh, his own over the last, you know, decade probably, probably longer um, that he's played. And, yeah, a real warrior, a guy who bleeds green and white. And um, congratulations to, to Josh, that Holmes family. Uh, you know, they, they were ringer through and through, aren't they? And, um, yeah, 200 grade game, first grade games. Geez, you, you don't do that every day. So congratulations to him. Yeah, it's 200 grade games. He's 180-something first grade. He's not far off. He doesn't play many games in the lower grades. But, um, yeah, mate, incredible uh, contribution. And uh, congratulations, Josh, um, on your career to date. Uh, he's still got a Bit of life there, mate. He's probably got another five years in him, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean the way he's playing, mate. Like he, you know, he, he's still he's still sharp as attack. Uh, you know, the pass is uh, rock solid, and as as I sort of said, he can he can sniff out a quick tap try like no one else in the shoot shield. No, oh, I totally agree, Swaney, mate. Um, where are you heading this weekend for some footy? I'll be down at the Super Rugby um, down at Canberra Stadium. I um, I have the the honour of emceeing the trophy presentation at Canberra Stadium. So I'll either be handing the trophy, well, I won't be handing it to them, but it'll be on a plinth somewhere, um, to the Reds or the Brumbies this weekend, which will be a real honour. Oh, yeah, you're sounding like a true professional there. If it's if it's the Brumbies, you'll be absolutely devastated. And that is, that is a... A Lloyd Christmas style scooter ride home, <laughs> mate. It certainly is. It's gonna be. It's gonna be cold. I'm gonna have to. I'll have the. the... Is Shawnee on the back? Oh, mate, he could. <laughs> that would be very funny, actually. No, it's gonna be Kafe, mate. Me and Kafe. Um, uh, interestingly, my so my 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 uncle Bill Swain is the team manager for the Brumbies, so no. I've got a foot in both camps there. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, look, it'll be it'll be a lovely evening. Hopefully, it's not too cold. I'm going to be taking the warm woolies either way. Um, and yeah, mate, I'll have to probably stop somewhere along the way to refill the little scooter. 
<laughs> We've all seen that dumb and dumber scene. Just make sure our sea bass isn't there. Yeah, see that. Kick his ass, sea bass, exactly. <laughs> all right, Sweeney. Have a good one, champion. You too, mate. Cheers.